Hello and welcome to a brand new episode of the Fellowcast where we are asking the pastors again today and our resident pastor Garth van Niekerk will be answering the following question. What should our response to Israel be as Christians? Take it away, Pastor Garth. Yes, Valdu, Israel is really in a very interesting time and there's a lot of news about it at the moment. So it's a very relevant question. What should our response as Christians be? Well, to begin with, I have to say there's something fascinating about God's choice to make Abraham into a big nation and then um, to give him the territory that we call today Israel. It's God's choice. Um, if you take the longitudes and latitudes of the earth, I don't know if you've ever done that before, Never. <laughs> and um, you see what sits right in the middle of all the continents, right smack bang in the middle sits this nation Israel, and in the middle of that sits Jerusalem. Um, and I think there's something to that. It's the mm. city of peace. Uh, Jeru meaning city, Salem, peace. It's the city of peace. And if you consider that um, Jesus was crucified just outside of the walls of that city, then what does that say to us? The Savior of the world died there in the city of peace sure. for God to make peace with all mankind between heaven and earth. Um, so there is something about that, but it's a mystery because God never just reveals it or speaks mm. to us about his choice for that so what should our christian response be to israel i would say the first one is thankfulness um there's this verse in the bible i think it's in timothy you can correct me where god says show greater honor for the elders that teach you and that guide yes. you in the word if we stretch that out then um all of us as Christians should be thankful for how the Jews were used by God to bring us salvation. Mm. We learn about God's character through the stories that God worked with them. Um, that's what we read in the Bible. So I think thankfulness and respect towards them mm. for what we've received through them is definitely one of the responses that we should have. But there's more to it. Um, I don't know if you've ever... If you know Christians as well, I know even in our family there is. Um, my mom in law is really very fascinated with Israel. I and do actually got, know a couple. You also. Yeah. Um, and she's got an incredible love for it. She's been there a few times. And every time she's been there, there's something of a spiritual journey that she's gone through. Mm. Um, I, on the other hand, I don't have that kind of fascination with Israel. Uh, even though I've studied church history, um, and uh, I'm a Bible scholar, all of those things. Uh, I really don't have that kind of pull in my heart and that passion for the nation. Um, so is there something wrong with me? <laughs> Does it make you a better or a worse Christian? I really don't think so. I don't know if, if, it's, if it's ever been quoted to you, Psalm 122, if somebody would say, um, verse 6 says, pray for the peace of Jerusalem. Yeah. And I've heard it said before to me personally as well that, listen, that's our job. It's a command from God for us to pray for the peace of Jerusalem. Um, let's just read it in context mm. because I don't understand that scripture like that. Um, it, it says in Psalm 122, I rejoiced with those who said to me, let us go to the house of the Lord. Now, it's a song of ascent. There's many psalms like that. It's a psalm of David. So the time in which it speaks, the Ark of the Covenant is in Jerusalem. And there's this tent pitched over it. And David has it in his heart to build God a house there in Jerusalem. So he's writing this psalm saying to the people of Israel, listen, when you come, 
walking up to the city of Jerusalem and you come then in Jerusalem to Mount Zion where this house is of God that's what we're gonna sing um, so that's the setting of it really our feet are standing in your gates Jerusalem verse 3 Jerusalem is built like a city that is closely compacted together and that is where the tribes go up the tribes of the Lord to praise the name of the Lord according to the statute given to Israel there stand the thorn the, the thrones for judgment the thrones of the house of God so really if we want to apply this to ourselves I would say this psalm is actually saying pray for the peace of Mount Bush Baptist Fellowship because that's where we get together as children of God to meet with God or pray for the peace of Mount Bush Strand because all across Mount Bush Strand children of God come together to meet together that's actually what it's saying it's saying pray for that peace of the place where you go and meet with God because there is no temple and there is no Ark of the Covenant in Jerusalem today um, so even historically just we don't really we can't really apply it like that and then from verse 6 it says may those who love you be secure secure may there be peace within your walls and security within your citadels um, now remember Jerusalem is the capital city of Israel so David is really saying listen pray for the peace of the capital city so if we want to apply it to ourselves, it says pray for the peace of Cape Town and Pretoria and oh is it Johannesburg Bloemfontein we've oh, got three right yeah. <laughs> for different reasons we've got a lot of praying to do yeah we've got a lot of cities to cover um, and then it says verse 8 for the sake of my family and friends I will say peace be within you for the sake of the house of the Lord our God I will seek your prosperity now in Jeremiah 29 verse 7 it says to the exiles um, the prophet has got this word from God to the exiles who sit in Babylon and God says through the prophet to them seek the peace and prosperity of the city to which I have carried you into exile pray to the Lord for it because if it prospers you too will prosper another translation says in its prosperity you will find your prosperity so really God is saying to us as he said to them pray for the peace of Babylon doesn't quite sound the same as pray for the peace of Jerusalem <laughs> yeah. but that's what he's saying that's where you're staying at the moment pray for the peace of that place because if that place finds peace your family will enjoy peace yeah. again back to the psalm for the sake of my family and my friends I will say peace be within you Cape Town <laughs> hey? um, we have to remember that it, stretched, it stretches further it's not God's desire for anybody to be lost yeah. um, yeah. It's like you're applying that principle of the Bible interpretation. What does it mean in the context? What does it mean in yes. historical context, literary context, for me, for my family, and beyond that? Absolutely. Yeah. Now, in Timothy, we told, um, uh, make supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks for all men, for kings and all who are in authority, that we may lead a quiet and a peaceable life in all godliness and reverence. It's... Um, Timothy 2 verse 1 and 2 so again we told to pray for the peace of the place where we are we pray for the told to pray for the peace of the leaders that's over us so that this place may enjoy peace now just back to people who do have this passion for Israel like we know I don't think there's anything wrong with that but then again I've known a pastor who had a great passion for Malawi right and his prayers were in Malawi all the time 
um, in uh, specifically in the Jewish area, uh, in the mo- Muslim, Muslim areas yeah. of it. And so we've got people, uh, we've got a missionary that we support, Ansi. She's got a passion for Nepal. Um, I'm, I'm sure she's praying for Nepal much more than South Africa. Uh, and I think her family says in Bloemfontein, right? <laughs> so that's right. We pray where God plays a passion on our hearts. Yeah. But we have to recognize that God loves the entire earth. He's got a plan for the whole earth. And he presses on our hearts to pray for all the earth, but not the same hearts. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no. But then there's something else to it. Um, will all Israel be saved? I don't know if you've ever had that question. Because God had a different kind of covenant with them in the Old Testament. The straight and the narrow of the answer is no. Um, not now, nor in the Old Testament were all Israelites yeah. saved. Uh, we never saved according to nationality or to bloodline. We saved by faith, and that faith demonstrated in obedience to God's yeah. word. By grace through faith. Yes, absolutely. So uh, Romans chapter 9 is probably one of the most, um, 9 to 11 actually, it's one of the most fascinating portions of Scripture with regards to Israel in the New Testament. Let me just read us a couple of verses, um, chapter 9, verse 27 and 28. And Isaiah cries out concerning Israel, Though the number of the sons of Israel be as the sand of the sea, only a remnant of them will be saved, for the Lord will carry out his sentence upon the earth fully and without delay. Um, now, he's quoting Isaiah, and Paul is using that scripture then speaking about salvation, as in eternal salvation uh, in the New Testament. Uh, so we are saved through faith, demonstrated through obedience, we said. Um, but in Romans 11 then, um, there's this strange scripture. It says, verse 26, A partial hardening has come upon Israel until the fullness of the Gentiles has come in. So that's happening at the moment, right? They hardened their hearts towards Jesus the Messiah, and that's why the gospel opened up to us. They persecuted the Christians, and therefore, wow, the whole Roman Empire got to know Christianity. And then it says, verse 26, And in this way, all Israel will be saved. We have to read it in context. That all Israel does not mean every Israelite. Because in the very same chapter, it says, um, verse 11, Israel failed to obtain what it was seeking. The elect obtained it, but the rest were hardened. So the same applies to Jews as to any other person on the face of the earth. There's one person through who we gain salvation, that's Jesus Christ, and faith in him as the Son of God. So um, you mustn't, there's not two Gospels yeah. um, for different kind of For the people. Jews and for the Gentiles, separate Gospels. Yeah, yeah. And then I think the last thing just to look at is that um, there's still prophecies to be fulfilled in Israel. We're still waiting on certain things that's actually going to happen on that soil. Yeah. Um, and Zechariah it says when Jesus returns he'll place his foot on the Mount of Olives and it's going to split in two so we're still looking for that to happen it looks very literal that prophecy in Revelations it says that the great battle of Choch and Machoch um, will be fought it seems on Israel's soil um, Armageddon yeah. uh, we're still looking for that kind of battle and in Ezekiel um, it seems to say that Jesus will sit enthroned in Jerusalem reigning the whole earth from that place so certainly it's a very interesting patch of soil Mm. over there (laughs) and we're looking for great things to happen over there 
Um, but just to wrap up then the question, as Christians, what is our response to Israel? I think um, in the spirit, God leads us to pray for certain places. If God leads you to pray for the peace of Jerusalem, then absolutely go for it. Be obedient to the spirit of God in you and pray with faith um, so that we can see a fruit of that. But do not neglect to pray for the peace of your own hometown and for your own country also um, because that's certainly part of our responsibility as Christians. Thanks again, Garth, for that answer. Wrapping up another episode of Ask the Pastors. If you do have any other questions for us, please feel free to send an email to voldu at thefellowship.co.za or you can just fill out a little slip in the foyer and pop it into the box and we will do our best to answer your question as timely as possible. So once again, thanks for, for tuning in, for listening. Until next time. Bye-bye.